Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago sports betting. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Hello? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Here's your headline, sportshandle.com. Illinois Gaming Board grants seven master sports wagering Licenses written by our guest, Chris Altruda, and he joins me on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline. Shop over 500 new and used vehicles at Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park. Chris on Twitter, at Altruda73. Chris, where was the gaming board going yesterday? Man, they were in a hurry to get out of there. You know, they look like they are taking the final steps to follow through on Governor Pritzker's executive order to help the casinos in terms of a revenue stream and bring mobile sports betting to Illinois. There was a lot of confusion yesterday. Uh, Illinois sports legalization Twitter. It's it's a small group of people, but we are very passionate about it. Uh, There are a lot of people scrambling, trying to figure out, okay, uh, we heard what they said. They were in a rush. They were approving just about everything. And now we have seven master sports wagering licenses. Uh, before yesterday, we had zero. All of these seven go to the casinos. They have not uh, finished off uh, the racetracks yet. That was not on the agenda yesterday. 
So the obvious question that everybody has, when can I download these apps on my phone? Well, the next step is for these casinos to make a request to commence online wagering as part of the rules package that is part of sports betting. That was actually asked that question because as as it passed, I was actually uncertain if you could just go right into it. But you do everybody you was. Ask, <laughs> I do have to ask the IGB to commence online sports wagering. So yeah. I'm my guess is that someone will be live before the end of the month if for no other reason that phase four can technically begin by June 26th. But if that was the case, you felt that the casinos were going to reopen, the executive order would have been just superfluous at that point. If you have the, you have the executive order in place, you can now help that phase four at 50% capacity. And I think that's important to the casinos as a potential revenue stream. So people are wondering, okay, what are they waiting for? What is going on? What's the holdup? As you mentioned, to commence online wagering, they need to go to the board. Uh, They have to make sure every I is dotted, every T is crossed. Now, uh, what that includes is probably finishing off some of the geofencing around the the border of the state correct that i think that's part of it right that that falls under the supplier licenses for for the illinois gaming board currently four of them have temporary operating permits the most relevant one right now would be geocomply because that is partnered with rush street interactive which does bet rivers mm-hmm. and based on everything that seems to be falling in place Bet rivers looks to be the front runner to be the first to go live yeah, I, everything that I've heard, they will be first, and that's the big advantage. They they got the big advantage with the penalty box that went into the bill. But as as we've chronicled over over the time, and as we see on here, it looks like FanDuel and DraftKings will be operating in Illinois sometime before that penalty box is over, right? That's what it looks to be the case. And one of the other interesting takeaways, and you know, this is a lot of tea tea leaf reading is that Boyd gaming did a debt restructuring during the meeting as well. They waived the two meeting rule and had final consideration for that. Now Boyd is part of paradise, which is part of bet MGM and bet MGM and FanDuel and Boyd are all together in one form or another. And bet and Boyd gaming does have, markets in Iowa and Indiana through FanDuel and BetMGM. So while FanDuel is kicking the tires on Fairmont, there's also the possibility, and I cannot ascribe a percentage to this, that FanDuel could be part of a rebranding at Paradise. Oh. Well, here's here's what's so interesting about this to me. So you can't predict a pandemic. Nobody thought that all of this was going to happen. But the fascinating part to me is you go back a year and you look at the bill. The bill's criticized. People mad about the in-person registration. And fairly soon, that is going to be thrown away. People are mad about the penalty box. We're finding ways around the penalty box. And we're having casinos pouring a good amount of money into these brick-and-mortar spots, 
But with the executive order that Governor Pritzker handed out a week ago, the locations don't matter. No, I think it's also at the same time, I think that FanDuel and DraftKings being the size of the operation they are, that it was in their commercial best interest to, you know, explore other options as opposed to waiting for 18 months. As, you know, somebody pointed out, when they, they control almost 80% of the online market. And in the case of Illinois, you're going to have multiple operators. I mean, th- there could be as many as seven when you get really when you get everyone approved, there could be at least seven online operators here. So there's not going to be a right. lack of options. And, it, you know, it behooves them to, to investigate. Now, whether or not they actually, you know, find, find a home, you know, we've speculated previously about DraftKings because we're not, they, they've applied for a management services license, but we don't know who they're teaming with. FanDuel has been kicking, you know, kicking tires here and there. And again, you know, without, you know, saying for sure paradise is part of it, it, conceivably could be a part of it. So there's a lot, there's a lot of moving parts right now. And in the past week, those moving parts have started churning much faster. Joe Ostrowski with Chris Altruda. You can find his, his uh, latest article on the Illinois sports betting update on sportshandle.com. Before the gaming board reconvenes on July 30th, uh, coincidentally the day the NBA regular season apparently is going to resume. Before we get there, there's a real possibility that all seven casinos launch mobile betting, right? There's a possibility. I would say it's unlikely that all seven. I mean, I would believe at least two, with the second being the Argosi, being that there are management, there are temporary operating permits in place for both Rush Street and Penn Sports. So I think those are, those are your two clear front runners. But now that all of them have actual licenses, they can take that next step. And now it's a question of how the board, you know, the pace of the board. And one of the things that also came out of the meeting was that the board has delegated more authority to Administrator Marcus Fruchter in this case. Mm-hmm. And one of the takeaways from the one of the resolutions that passed was, Mr. Fruchter now has the authority to issue licenses under the Illinois Gaming Act, Video Gaming Act, and the Sports Wagering Act to all individuals and entities already licensed by the board and to make all suitability findings and approvals necessary there, too. And the entities already licensed was the key phrase in all that because they passed all those licenses the other day. So we should also be keeping a close eye on the, the Gaming Board website on the management services providers, because as you mentioned, only two have temporary operating permits, Penn and Rush, and there are four other applicants, including American Wagering, doing business as Will Hill. They applied back in February. Betfair, doing business as FanDuel, they applied back in February. Now, once, once temps are offered to those companies, for example, uh, then the ball will really be rolling, right? Right, because William Hill is expected to be with Grand Victoria Casino in Elgin. FanDuel, again, you know, we don't know where. PointsBet is tied to Hawthorne. They have an agreement yes. in place, so that that comes in when the when the racetracks get their turn at the plate. Mm-hmm. So, but yes, there is going to be 
movement. You know, again, what the pace of that movement is, I'm not sure. The board is also down to four members because Steve Dolan stepped down. And I think that was, I don't know if one led to the other regarding the increase of authority to Marcus Fruchter, but one would figure that one, that plays into it to a degree. Ah, very interesting. Have you monitored a lot of these gaming board uh, meetings in the past? I obviously have not. And I was just amazed at, at how rapid that thing went. I... I have started doing this in November, and between this and the Illinois Racing Board, I joked with one of my friends, it's become like a telenovela in the sense that something is happening every time. (laughs) And it's got got like, you know, you you almost have to have your head on a swivel. You know, it's, you know, okay, have I checked the gaming board today? Have they updated anything today? And you're like, you know, clicking on each thing, making sure, okay, that's still the same, that's still the same, that's still the same. Right. And, you know, on the, and in between all this, they also, the, the gaming board also released the casino protocols for the reopening ahead of phase four. And one of the things I found interesting about that was the gaming board put a lot of onus on the casinos yeah. in terms of what they're doing. I, in comparison, you know, the Michigan Gaming Control Board issued their version of the protocols, and they were far more specific placements regarding, you know, you can only have three people at a blackjack table. You can only have four people at, I believe it was mini baccarat. You can only have six people at a craps table. And there was no such specific numbering in the Illinois Gaming Board protocols. There was also no mention of plexiglass in the Illinois Gaming Board protocols, which I thought was interesting. And Rivers said that they had been working on installing plexiglass ahead of their reopening. So whether, you know, Rivers is you know, being proactive. And I'm also kind of positive that you're going to see multiple casinos have plexiglass in place, but it was just interesting how you can compare and contrast one state's protocol with another in that instance. And in the case of Michigan, then being more specific than Illinois. Arlington Park and Hawthorne Racecourse applied for licenses back in March. Do you think it will be their turn on July 30th? I think Hawthorne might be a little further off because there's a lot going on there because you also have a Racino license in play. And I don't know how one interacts, how the Racino license interacts with the sports wagering license. I think if you're going to have one, if you're going to put one against the other, I would give Arlington the nod because it's only a sports betting license, which as we've gone over previously, is its own can of worms in terms of what people like in the state because Churchill Downs was one of the original proponents of a full Racino. So I would give Arlington, I think, a slight edge in that category because it's the lone aspect that's being reviewed for them, as opposed to Hawthorne, which has multiple parts. I don't know if this is relevant at all, but I had Jim Miller from Hawthorne a, a few weeks ago on the show, and I asked him, is, is it possible that at some point this summer – they would have the Sportsbook and the Racino open. He said, Sportsbook, yes, Racino, no. That's further down the road. Right, that, and that also makes sense. And PointsBet is, and PointsBet is, a, is an established brand, so I think getting them online will be a fairly easy process for Hawthorne in that regard. You're, you're my go-to guy when it comes to Arlington Park. 
People ask me questions. I feel like I, I have no idea. I can't tell you what's going to happen. I can't tell you what's happening right now. What's the latest with Arlington? Uh, okay, so last Friday they had they called a specially convened meeting to set up the race calendars at the three tracks. And on that Friday they specifically recessed the meeting to allow Arlington Park and the ITHA to negotiate over the weekend. Hawthorne served as, as Switzerland, if you will, as the ITHA and Tony Petrillo sat on the apron, you know, discussing things. And as Commissioner McCauley said in Monday when they resumed the meeting that there was progress made on all but one point. However, that one point is still a major sticking point, and that is the length of the deal. The ITHA wants to deal with just 2020. Arlington Park wants a two-year deal that restores the stake race, the stakes, the grade one stakes races in 2021. And also, but also at the same time, Arlington Park has yet to commit to live racing beyond 2021. So there's this, you know, there's almost like an intractable position on both sides. And both sides, you know, have reasons to be intractable. And at the meeting on Monday, which now seems like, you know, almost three years ago, based on everything that's <laughs> happened this week, yeah. Is that, you know, Commissioner McCauley pointed out the next meeting is June 18th. And if there is not an agreement in place, it's going to be borderline impossible to have live racing at Arlington, even a 30 day schedule this year. Because, as you know, it takes a month for these horses to get to speed. And even when you get the horses to speed, they're only going, I mean, at most, they'll be able to race only twice when you look at the span between races. So it's a very, it's a tricky situation. It's a challenging situation, and the clock is running on them. I mean, we're now, it's now June 12th. So, I mean, we're, you know, we're down to six days now. So you hope something, there's a breakthrough in some form on the weekend, but you're really not going to know at this point. They're not going to race, are they? I, don't I, wanna, I, I, don't, I know you don't want to, to say, put an absolute out there, but I'm just saying following this, the odds are they're they're not right as someone as someone new to it it's it's hard to see it but at yeah. the same time i you, you want to believe that cooler at some point cooler heads are going to prevail somewhere i think at the bottom line sure. you want to see that happen and i think commissioner mccauley has done a very good job taking the lead on this and also in the case of the irb like you know they're at a minimum quorum at this point there's only I believe it's six out of 11 members who are actually on the board. There's five vacancies and they had to bring on commissioner McKelvey at the two meetings ago, just to make that quorum. So, I mean, there it's difficult, you know, for all parties involved, it's difficult for them. Tom Ricketts doesn't have any money. When do you think the sports facilities will get involved? <sighs> oh, <laughs> I next year, right? <laughs> You would have to believe that you you would give up this year as a wash. You just you, I mean, you're not losing anything. You're not gaining anything. There's no point in making it, you know, doing it on the fly like this. You know, it's, it's almost better to not have it this year and then just regroup. You have more time to put thing put things in place. You have more time to set up to make sure all the rules of the sports betting as it pertains to the facilities are in place and correct through a public commentary period. So. I think 2021 is a better option for the sports facilities. You know, someone, someone may try and run with it and, you know, maybe they're, you know, they, everyone else takes a step back and watches what happens. But I think 2021 is a better option for all involved in that case. 
Yeah, I don't really see the upside in moving forward until you have a vaccine and and you have some sort of a promise that we're going to be able to have fans in our stadium again. Right. I, I think that's the case. I mean, my, so, my biggest curiosity yeah. is with one of this is that the tournament is actually looks like it's going to be in line to be back before the NBA. So out of curi- out of morbid curiosity, I want to know how the how the gaming board approves a, approves a sport like that onto a wagering option. So that that'll be interesting to see over the next three weeks or so, too. Which which tournament? The the basketball tournament, the one that uh, has picked up steam over the last few years. That's televised on ESPN. Oh, <laughs> well, see, I don't know what I don't know. I guess baseball is going to be there. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Well, well here, I mean, look, I mean, this weekend alone, golf showed golf showed it can hang. I mean, I bet I on it. So, <laughs> I think so. Well, I mean, well, in-play betting is, is so conducive for golf because you have that pace between shots that you can, you know, golf. you can literally pick a golfer and you know just you know pick who's going to you know nail a shot on the green. I mean, the PGA does a great job with shot link in terms of creating mm-hmm. this dat this ream of data stats. So golf, you know, golf has uh, stepped into the breach a little bit here and done a good job with it. You know, a lot of people talk about baseball and the future of baseball. Your average baseball fan is 57 years old. And uh, the last time I saw that study, the average golf fan was even older than that into their 60s. I, yeah. I, I'd like to see an update because I feel like that's changed thanks to DFS and betting uh, where golf is going, uh, trending a little bit younger right now. Right. Well, I mean, and the match helped immensely too. Yeah. The the, char- the foursome charity. I mean, Indiana, Indiana released its numbers last week, and it, it was an exclusively mobile handle, and it gener- and between that and the UFC fight card, it helped create thirty seven a thirty seven million dollar handle, and it was all online. So there su- are there are people betting. <laughs> uh huh. Were you surprised to see eighty five percent of the handle from FanDuel and DraftKings? Not really, because they're two of the mo- they are the two most established markets. And one of the interesting things is that as they race each other to market, whichever one usually winds up getting to market first winds up becoming the dominant market share. And it also held true in Iowa because William Hill, you know, William Hill also has the benefit of Prairie Meadows, which is the largest facility in Iowa, but. You get the you get to market first, and that's gonna and that's one of the reasons why Bet Rivers should be in line to do this well and and create that market yeah. share against its peers as opposed to just FanDuel and DraftKings being like these online only operators. You have your peers of like BetMGM, BetAmerica, PointsBet, Caesars, BetMGM. You they're all. No one, no one's head and shoulders above the rest. So if you get to market first and you establish that beachhead, you have a chance to not only gain that extra market share, but you have a chance to hold it once FanDuel and DraftKings do come into this state. I, I can't stress enough to people how important that executive order was last week. It completely changed everything, Chris, to the point where people like you throughout the industry, I don't know if you share this opinion, but a lot of people in the industry just waiving the in-person registration during the pandemic, now they're saying Illinois can have the largest handle in 2020. That that one might be a stretch. 
Because think? I think I, I think when you look at comparable size, like Pennsylvania has done a very good job in terms of like creating its online market, and they are they are battling New Jersey to be the top overall online market, and that and that hold is getting in excess of eighty percent. Mm-hmm. One of the other things is that when you compare and contrast the two states that border Illinois, Indiana has remote registration. So you have that 37 million handle off of seven online operators. Now, granted, Indiana is twice the size of Iowa in terms of population, but Iowa has 13 online operators, but they also have in-person registration until the end of this year. And their handle for this past month was only 7 million because those casinos are closed and they have not issued an executive order waiving that provision. Now, granted, there's 19 casinos in Iowa, so maybe they do not feel the need to do it. But at the same time, it is something that sticks out when you have a market that, I mean, Iowa is a mature market in terms of sports betting, but, you know, so is Indiana. And that remote registration has pushed them further along. Now, how much of that $37 million is people from Chicago going over the state line to a rest stop, making a bet and turning around? You know, no one really knows yeah. that having, Indiana doesn't break it out like that. But it's going to be huge for Illinois to keep those betters inside the state line. And that executive order is going to be a, a very helpful part of that. It blows my mind that Wisconsin doesn't seem to be interested and all of their neighbors are all in. In the case of Wisconsin, it's not as much interest as it is the challenge of getting the tribes online yeah. or in line with it. And also, I remember doing some research on this. It has to be approved in back-to-back legislative sessions per the state constitution. Wow. So there, there, are some logis- there are some logistical, there are many logistical hurdles, and that one, and you know, getting the tribes on board in terms of renegotiating the compact are mm-hmm. one and one A in terms of Wisconsin making progress on sports betting. But, you know, again, I was, you know, I was available to them. It's a two hour drive just over the border from, you know, Madison. So we're we're going to benefit from Wisconsin, right? I think so, especially if the Waukegan Casino moves along as expected, because Bet Rivers would have a sports book there. So you would get the southeastern Wisconsin push from Milwaukee and Kenosha and maybe even as far west as, I guess, Janesville and Beloit that would make that trip. Hmm. So, I mean, Rockford does not have a casino yet. No. So that, so Beloit could be in play for there for the time being, depending on how fast it moves. I keep coming up with questions as we, as we talk, uh, somebody was <laughs> reaching, reaching out today and asking about Rockford, uh, a part of this bill last year. Uh, most of us have just focused on the Chicago casino, but there were uh, five other locations. Are, are, is there movement? Is there progress on any of those other ones? I, I'm not sure. I mean, Waukegan has quietly gone under the radar. It, it seems like everything is in place there. The one that kept coming up was Danville in terms of there were certain things they wanted to amend to their license application, but I haven't seen or heard anything during the board meetings that offers a tangible progress point that you can point to and say, this will happen in six months or this will happen in nine months. So I think there's still a lot of planning that's going on. I think it's still a lot of local community organizing in those cases. So 
I want to say to maybe revisit it in a year and see what it, see what the map looks like. Gotcha. Uh, there'll be a new map with, with all that sports betting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can't wait to uh, track this. I'll be bugging you as soon as it goes live. I, who knows? People are telling me next week. I, I, I'll, I'll say this month, but I, I'm not willing to say that it's definitely going to happen next week with Bet Rivers. Right. I, th- I, think the, I think the interim, at some point starting tomorrow and before the 26th, when technically is the first day of Phase 4, I think somewhere in that two-week window, there is a chance Bet Rivers goes live. That would that be that's my that's my estimate my guesstimate. Yeah. Based on everything that's in place. Chris Altruda, uh, find his latest article on Illinois sports betting on sportshandle.com. He's on Twitter at Altruda73. Appreciate the knowledge, Chris. Hey, thanks for having me on again, Joe. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.